evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to episode number 10 of the SC Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast for Tuesday, September 26, 2023. I am Zach Haydorn, and with me after uh, a long time away across the pond, I want to I wanna hear about some of the some of your travels. Tyler Sage back in the co-host chair. Uh back to Back to his spot on the show. Tyler, man, it's good to have you home. <laughs> good to be home. Good to be back. Um, you know, 10 episodes is crazy. Both of us have done nine of them, I think, if the yes. record shows that correctly. So uh, it feels like this is like episode three. Um, so <laughs> kind of crazy that we're already here on the show. But uh, yes, across the pond, maybe we can save that for the end of the show to not bore anyone off the top <laughs> if they don't care about it. And, uh, you know, probably a whole brass ring media can follow us there. Uh, but do a lot there as well on the show on Thursday. So, but yeah, very fun. Uh, you and I have a mutual um, love for a Premier League team. I was able to go there, which was crazy. Crazy. So um, jealous. And then I also saw a Fulham game on uh, a couple of days before that. So Tony Khan owns them, or his dad does mainly, I think. Um, he's like the analytic BS guy that everybody hates there. I was asking <laughs> around. He's not. He is not loved uh, on the shores of the of the Tims there. So very fun really? interaction there with the, with the fans. Oh yeah. Not, not loved at all. So, um, Wait, or Tony or both Tony. I mean, cause okay. I think he's like, you know, I think British people are polite, but they're also very like, they don't beat around the bush a lot. So, uh, you know, it was very much like, yeah, the dad's rich and this is like daddy. This is, I'm just quoting here. I'm not just, not my opinion, but you yeah. know, silver spoon, daddy's boy who gets to, get a cushy fake job and is never there and acts like he, you know, works 20 hours a week, making the team better, you know, Ouch. that sort of vibe. That's a, <laughs> that's, ice, that's ice cold. That's, and that's coming from yeah. the fans of the team, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like your own team, like, you know, not to make this a depression party for you. We don't, are you like, we can go there. if, if there's there. hypothetically just pick one team that you cheer for professionally, then whatever sport you decide, if someone from England came over and saw you at the stadium, would you be like, Oh yeah, I love, I love the, I don't even know the family that owns the bears. <laughs> no, it, It's like a 90 year old woman, right. Who inherited from her father, something like that. Right. It is. Yes. And it's now her sons and her sons. I mean, it, it's yeah. no, nobody yeah, would have same, good things to say about that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So not that's the same way. They're a little better at Fulham is, but yeah. So sorry about all the, the, soccer talk here to start the show but yes a little bit more at the end but very good if you've never been i highly suggest it it was a good time awesome awesome well it's definitely good to have you back and it's glad to be back i'm I'm just glad we're back here we got our chat up and going everybody's in there right now sean and tracy and and thank you to you guys and to those who are listening and watching us um live on this show uh we are live every single tuesday night nine eastern eight central right here tyler and i talking the news a week in pro wrestling you can catch us right here um live if you can't catch us live obviously subscribe <clears throat> to sc scoops on youtube and you can watch us after the fact or uh, we also will hit your podcast feeds um every single morning uh wednesday morning this exact show will live there so no excuse not to check it out um it's always, always a blast. We've got a lot to, to talk about this week. Uh, right now, I've got the Super Chat open. Um, so if you want to get your questions in or you want to get your comments in about our topics, um, please do. And uh, your contribution really, really helps the show a lot and very much uh, just helps, helps, put, helps us put us on week 
week in and week out, and we certainly appreciate it. So any uh, contribution helps, and uh, we will make sure that all uh, Super Chats are read uh, are read on the air live, and we will answer all questions that come in that way as well. Um, Tyler, a lot of the chat wants to know where you are. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I always allow you, you to tell me uh, what to go there. Yeah, so we're doing some renovations in the house. So I'm in my secondary recording studio, let's say, which is uh, in my eBay room. So uh, if you want to see some some of my wares, yeah, that's why I picked up the remote for for Sean to prove that this was not a background. This is <laughs> the absolute absolute splendor that is my uh, eBay room. So I love it. I love it. I love. Yeah, thanks. You know, maybe I'll. I used to do our YouTube shows from like the doldrums of my basement, which looks like a bomb shelter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. luckily you know i I've, I've moved up in the world and we've got our <laughs> got our office ready to go um all right well let's get into the news of the day and we'll start off with um with a super chat from a good friend of the show zach barber zach thank you for joining us thank you for contributing um it certainly helps us and zach says here i just had to laugh at the Jade Cargill announcement. That will probably be the last time they refer to her by that name. She'll get some dumb name and we're just supposed to smile and nod. <laughs> Zach, that sounds a bit like you're a bit a bitter Betty over uh, over over <laughs> Jade Cargill moving from from AEW to WWE. But that certainly that certainly is the story of the day, the story of the week so far. Um, Jade Cargill announced this morning on ESPN um, and then picked up, of course, everywhere uh, that WWE had signed her to a multi-year, a multi-year contract. Um, she got Tyler like the red carpet treatment today in WWE that, I mean, I don't know that any, I can't think of another talent that got that type of introduction that wasn't like, you know, Bad Bunny or, or Logan Paul or, or somebody like that. I mean, they made they made this a very, very, very big deal. And it's already done over 10 million, um, 10 billion views, you know, on, on social media. It's mm-hmm. uh, been picked up everywhere, like I said. Zach, to your question here about the name, I believe she said on the Ringer podcast today that she is going to be keeping the Jade Cargill name. And that was a big sticking point for her um, to, to make the move. She wanted to keep her, her name. So I think you'll be surprised uh, about that, but this Tyler to me is a um, it's just, it's a home run move. I mean, it's a home run move in every, in every sense. I think, you know, it's a home run for Jade. I think it's a home run for WWE, but more so we've already kind of talked about like the fact that she's on the show. We talked or on in the company. We talked about that last week, but the rollout of her as a talent today, I I thought was pretty darn telling of what, you know, what their plan is for her. And so I don't I don't know if that means time in NXT or main roster or whatever, but clearly she's going to be framed as a very, very, very big deal from the minute she walks in. And you can't do that with every single talent that comes on board, but you pick your spots and, you know, they already have, I think now a a top star and she hasn't even really debuted yet just because of the presentation alone. Yeah. I mean, on the name Jade Cargill, I think she's lucky that her name sounds like some auto-generated kind of crappy name. No offense to her name, but it sounds like an NXT name that you would give somebody right if her name is Susie Smith 
I think she's getting a new name no matter what within that WWE context. So she kind of lucked out uh, using that, uh, you know, having her, the, the base name there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, not to pull the kayfabe story that we've seen on Raw the last couple of weeks of Cody pulling some political clout to get Jay to, to Raw here. I mean, there's obviously, you know, Jade's first match, if everyone recalls, is Cody and Brandy versus her and Shaq, right? So there's yeah. a lot of pull there with with Cody, and I think this is some political um, action at work there to give her the full red carpet. On top of, you know, this is the second person to come over from uh, AEW. You know, I don't think Brian Pillman Jr. Technically, I mean, he, technically, he's probably the second. I mean, if there's anyone else that got let go that's been over there, but technically, yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, Cody and now Jade are two huge stars that they've been able to pull from AEW and making both of them big stars, bigger stars than they were uh, than in AEW proves to a lot of talents that are maybe on the fence, unlike Jade was, to kind of make that transition over. If you're a Ricky Starks, if you are, you know, whoever else we think is coming up, you know, I guess Wardlow, I think I have less of value in him than I do Ricky Starks, but I think it behooves WWE to you know prove that she can be an even bigger star than she was in AEW, which was obviously if you look back and she's a big star i think the cody stuff is a little bit more cody interpersonal with tony and other things going on there but the jade thing unless she was basically like hey i'm not gonna ever sign with you for some reason that came up then there's really no reason to not use her the last six months of her contract time there so uh, i think that'll be a good case study on how not to use a star but yeah, it's uh it's exciting and I think you know Nia Jax is the bad version of what they're going to do with the Jade Cargo. You know, Nia is going to be more of a gatekeeper and Jade can come in there and kind of be the Super Saiyan version of what that Nia Jax character is doing currently within um WWE and you know her and Rhea and Charlotte. There's like it instantly makes that roster kind of like the old adage of the 80s where you know or the WCW in the mid nineties is where the big girls play basically yeah. of the very yeah. difference of the, the rosters and, and making the WWE roster will feel way more legitimate than the AW roster, which is not really ever been in question, but I think this just solidifies it. If you make Jade, um, even a top six woman in the company. Yeah. I, I, I mean the, like she immediately brings like a lot, I think a fresh, tone for the for the women's division in in wwe just because she's like so many people at the top of the women's division in wwe have already worked with one another you know becky and everybody charlotte and, and pretty much everybody Rhea is getting to the point where she's almost worked everybody although her list you know she's just starting out so her list isn't as long but now you told you put jade cargill on that roster and you got a fresh match with becky you got a fresh match with Rhea, you got a fresh match with charlotte Bailey. I mean, the list just it goes on and on and on. And, you know, obviously, I think she needs to develop a little bit in in the ring. But you also have that whole roster of talent there to just help carry you help carry you along. And so, uh, you know, I think it, 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 it really helps. Let's go to Sean here. Thank you, Zach. Sean, thank you for your contribution, man, and your support of the show. Uh, very much appreciate it and love talking wrestling with you. Sean says, I'm super pumped about Jade coming to WWE. I think she can be a super huge star and I think they'll make her a huge star. She's gotten so much better. I, I agree with this today. And Sean, 
it's a great point because today you saw what I think what WWE can do that no other, you know, that no other wrestling company can, can do. And it's not even, it's not even a knock on other wrestling companies, but they just, they just simply don't have the clout and they don't have the power and they don't have the the notoriety and, and kind of mainstream integration that WWE does at this point. But when they want to make someone or something feel like a major, major deal, I mean, you know, they pull a couple levers and, all of a sudden you have this just incredible rollout of this brand new, this brand new talent. And like, she already feels now like she's a WWE star and she hasn't even mm-hmm. wrestled for them, you know, and her history is totally somewhere else. But because of that power, because of that promotion, because of all the different kind of elements that they can put into, into a rollout like this, you know, she, she falls right in to kind of, that that world and and nobody can really do that and it's um i think it's something that if you're aw you kind of look at and you go man yeah all right that's that's where that's where we want to get we're not we're not there yet we're only four years old it's not a again it's not a knock but it's like it's hard to compete with that in terms of like you know presenting top top talent and i just thought today was like you know a special kind of look into here wwe is going to make a star <laughs> nobody's even seen her yet and there she is um and and i think day one sean they've 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 accomplished that yeah no i agree 100 i mean i th- i think you'd have to be the maybe tony khan himself to argue that this is not a good move for jade cargill right to go to wwe and have this full rollout yeah. from what you were doing at AEW. like you know i can totally see her you know, I don't know if it would be a favorite if I'm betting the odds, but like Jade Cargill, uh, you know, Fast and the Furious is still a franchise in a couple of years, like her being a villain or, or one of the people in the in the family, like that feels very much on the table to do yeah. like the a John Cena rock Hollywood Out. thing based on her thing here. It's just like that's there. And um, yeah, it's just it, it solidifies to me. I mean, you couldn't I couldn't agree with you more on. I mean, it's kind of the AEW versus WWE thing in a nutshell of like the promotion. And there's like just no promotion on storylines. When characters come in, you're just supposed to assume everything from them, right? WWE is assuming that they're assuming you don't know who this is, but they're presenting her as a big deal, whether you know who she is or not. And there's just little things like that that can be done. Like AEW should have done a email blast when, you know, not everybody joins and WWE doesn't do this for any, really anybody. I don't think Cody got an email blast from communications that no. you, know, you and I got in our email today. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, that, that, that was official. So, you know, you don't need to do that with everybody, but when Adam Cole signs, when CM Punk signs, things like that, um, when Soraya comes back from in, from being injured for a long time, you know, that's how the promotion of AEW needs to be. And amongst other things, it just feels like over after four years, there's, place like if you're a chad gable right you're probably better suited to be in aew um and if you're a jade cargill a cody a ricky starks um who am i missing i mean there's lots of people you know you're better suited in a wwe right it just feels like more obvious than ever to me um that we're in that spot right now and if you're there to be a larger than life character who can talk and work a little bit like I know where I'd go 
And if I was a great worker who maybe wanted to work one or two days a week and get a steady paycheck and have fun while I'm doing it, then I know where I want to work as well. So it's kind of that like ambition versus nice ambition. That's like a really broad statement. So I know like that's not what I'm truly saying, but if you want to be like an egomaniac and take over the world, then I think I go to WWE if I'm a wrestler. Well, and I think, I think, I mean, here's the thing though. The, the problem, the problem with that is, or at least when I, I think you're right, but the problem with that is eventually, eventually, like that means all the big stars are in WWE. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so yeah. if you're in AEW, you have to find a, you have to find a way to, you know, cause like, look, Chad Gable is a good wrestler. He's a good hand, you know, he's a, and he can have good matches and he's a nice, he's a very, very good wrestler. Um, but I don't think WWE for as much as he's very, very good. They're not, they're not gonna, uh, you know, like just pine for Chad Gable if he were to leave, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and so I think if you, if that's the, if the, if that's kind of the perception, you know, and, Sometimes perception is reality. You're like, and you're Tony Khan, you're AEW. You're like, man, we got to figure out a way. So does that mean tomorrow making sure <laughs> Ricky Starks just gets like ultimate ultimate presentation? Like you can't flip a switch necessarily. But I think it goes back to what we've said on this show for weeks, which is in months, if you've listened to us, you know, on other on other platforms, you have to pick somebody, you know? Yeah. WWE doesn't do this for everybody. They they see talent in Jade Cargill. All right, we're pushing the chips in. You know, there here we go. We're going. Um, yeah. AEW's got to do the same thing. Whether and and you're not going to hit on everybody. You know, I mean, Triple H has been booking the, the territory, so to speak, for over a year now, a little over a year now, and he's got misses all over the place. <laughs> Carrying Cross is a big one. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Johnny Gargano, big one. Like, like it, it you're not going to hit on everybody, but you got to try. You got to try to define certain talent above others. And I think just today, I don't know. It, it, again, it's, it's a thing that's been happening, I think, for a long time. But today it was put on display because WWE really flexed their muscle in terms of like, watch this. Like here, here's a new yeah. star now. You don't know that you need her, but you do, and she's here, and, and here you go. Um, so I think it just kind of puts that conundrum into into focus. Like Tony Khan can't be the guy that picks up Chad Gable and Dolph Ziggler and Mustafa Ali. Like those are nice pro wrestling talents, but they're not superstars. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. So I'm, I'm glad you got to that point of like, yeah, you know. Signing Mustafa Ali while the other company signs Jade Cargill only helps literally on paper and also the narrative of you are the B company to the A company, right? And, you know, AW has, for since Cody's left, has not talked about being the alternative, right? It seems like Tony Khan, in his mind, wants to be the number one company. Um, yeah. And is doing things that I think in his mind are working in that direction. And I think we can argue, I think we'll talk about that with Russell Dream how that's maybe not working in the correct direction there. Um, and then we'll talk about, you know, other things with TV stuff later that I think affect both companies. But I think it just helps that narrative of your, you know, if you're a TKO uh, board member on an investment call and someone asks you about your competition with AEW, I think 
in a buttoned up boardroom kind of answer, you can say things like this are <laughs> happening. So we're not worried about them. They're they're uh, the minor leagues for us to poach whoever we want to. And that's what it seems like if you don't follow it closely. They've pulled two, you know, one top star in Cody and potentially a second top star with Jade Cargill. And if they go two for two and you don't worry about Brian Pillman and whoever else might be there, then you can spin that narrative. And WWE is very good at spinning that narrative also. So I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I want to get to Sean's other other super chat here. And again, thank you, Sean. And the super chats are open, guys, to everybody who's watching the show live. Um, get your questions in, get your comments in. Um, we'll make sure to get to every single one uh, before we get off the air today, which obviously won't be for a while, but just know it will not be forgotten, and we appreciate it. Um, Sean, jumping in, AW didn't use her well at all. She didn't beat anybody, and the TBS title doesn't mean much. And that 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 is a thing. Like, she was the champion, TBS champion, for months and months and days and days and title defenses and upon title defenses. Um and she didn't get she didn't work with any of the top other top women. She didn't work with Britt Baker. She didn't work with Tony Storm. She didn't work with Soraya. She didn't work with Thunder Rosa, which Thunder Rosa was on the roster. She didn't work with Hikaru Shida. She I mean, it, it's crazy that you had this star in your on your roster. And like, boy, I mean, you almost you made her, you put her on this pedestal literally just for WWE to just take take her away at her highest point. And yeah, I mean, you just, I think, you know, look, lesson learned for Tony Khan. My guess is he doesn't do this again. <laughs> like, I think if he's mm-hmm. got a star that he wants to, you know, protect or, you know, make a star, you go with her or him, you know, in a bigger way, in a bigger way than just tucking her away in a certain division, regardless of, regardless of like talent. I mean, I think you have to be able to hide some of that. My, I, I argue from the very beginning that hook like, okay. Yeah. Hook can barely, he, you know, he can do a little bit more today than he could in 2021, but mm-hmm. you know, you missed, you missed that. You missed his hot, you know, his hot time where the audience was giving him the, big pops of the night, you know, and you, you missed that. You could have put him in there against Cody. You could have put him in there against some other top guys. And you just, you didn't because he wasn't ready, but sometimes, you know, it's almost, you know, I don't know this sounds too dramatic, but sometimes like your, your destiny chooses you like you're ready now. Like, okay, where we're going to go out there. We're going to make it work. You know, Jay Cargill is not going to be able to work at the same level of Charlotte Flair, but that doesn't mean you don't put them against one another. So you know, yeah, I just think, um, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a real interesting, real interesting, uh, real interesting topic. And we're going to get to the other side of this coin right now. Zach, mm-hmm. here we go. Zach, thank you for the contribution. All this talking up a Jade is nice, but where was this when she was in AEW? People were largely lukewarm on her in-ring and promos. Now she's a top women's wrestler at WWE. It's mind-boggling. I mean... I, Zach, I disagree. I mean, part of it is a self-fulfilling prophecy in my eyes. Like, it's like people weren't talking about her like this because she wasn't presented this way. You know, that I mean, she was not presented as, you know, top woman in the in the in the company. That's one thing from 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 like just like from an overall standpoint. But I mean, on this show, I know we always spoke highly of her. I thought she was a very strong talent. And 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 I always said better suited for um better suited for for uh 
for, for WWE just because of the because of the in-ring style and because of like what she what she brings to the table. And you know, this isn't uh this isn't like a pile on AW day, but AW lost the top talent today. So that's that's why I'm talking about it and analyzing it the way the way that we are. Tyler, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I can only speak from my perspective. I would agree with you on that. We were pretty bullish on Jade pretty early yeah. on. I mean, she she debuted in the pandemic era, if I recall. I think her first match was at Daly's Place in front of nobody. Mm -hmm. Shaq, right? So, yep. you know, you're that era. And I remember doing a lot of post shows with, with, you, with you and Wade on PW Torch around that era and was asking the question, you know, it's like three to six months in of like, hey, how long are we going to say to each other as a community okay, well, yeah, she's green, but she's going to get better, right? And at some point, I wasn't asking myself that question of like, hey, is she ever going to get any better, right? She just kind of naturally advanced. And she was, like you said, she's not, you know, the same work rate as, as Charlotte Flair or whatever, but she could work a match and tell a story. And really, I think the the whole story with the baddies and that sort of stuff, you know, was it the greatest pro wrestling stuff of all time? No, but she was also just put on Rampage, almost every week her and CM Punk at the beginning were like the king and queen of rampage and trying yeah. to make that a real show. And also just from a personal standpoint, like there's very few people in the world of wrestling. And I use my wife as a barometer for casual people who don't like wrestling. And every time Jade was on TV, she was one of the very few people, male or female on the AEW roster in the company's history that she has like dropped what she's doing and watched what they do every single time. So there's like aspects of that of like it's potential that I think we can all see. And we know that in WWE, you don't have to be a great worker to get things done, right? You can be a Roman who, you know, is athletic and always has been athletic. But, you know, I don't think anyone's going to accuse him of being, you know, uh, Ricky Steamboat 1988 in the ring there, right? He can just tell a story. He has a presence. <laughs> he's got a promo. Um, he's imposing, all that sort of stuff, right? You can put all of that on Jade Cargill if you present her in the right way. I think she's proven in getting a lot of crap, right? How you laid out, not working with anybody really and getting this, the baddie storyline and even one episode where she's about to feud with Bow Wow and they thankfully dropped that. But, oh. you know, she's gotten a lot of crap and turned it into, you know, silver, right? I'm not going to say she turned everything into gold, but she was always compelling. And I think that can bode a lot for when someone's writing for her. And when the show is presented around her, which things that were not happening in AEW. So it feels to me like more of a holistic difference between WWE and AEW. I don't even think it's really a complaint. It's just a crystallization for me of the difference between the two companies and how someone like Jade Cargill can flourish in one and kind of be a BC player in the other one. And when you see it in action, just like with Cody, um, I think it doesn't help the narrative. So I guess that's more my major point, but yeah, I, didn't, well, I kind of veered from the question. No. And I think, I think, and I think too, like, you know, look, I mean, today was chapter one, you know, and it was a really good chapter, but I, I, of course, like she has to hold up her end of the bargain, like as, as she goes mm -hmm. and as she's booked and as she's on TV and as she's had matches, like, you know, this is the beginning and it was a home run today, but it's like, yeah, of course. Like she has, she has to deliver, and we'll see. I mean, maybe Tony Khan, we find out, couldn't put her in those big situations because she can deliver against 
middle of the road talent or talent, you know, at the bottom of the roster, but she couldn't hang with somebody like Britt Baker and she won't be able to hang with somebody like Charlotte. We don't, we don't know that yet. And so maybe in six months, 12 months time, we're looking back at this going, man, Tony Khan. Wow. Great. Good, good call. Like it's, it's, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't, I certainly don't think that that's the case, but if you know, you don't know until she actually, she gets in there. And I think, you know, so it all, it all remains, it remains to be seen on, on that front, but she for sure has to hold up her end um and uh, and deliver especially with all the pomp and circumstance of of today you know that's just gonna it's gonna that type of presentation breeds expectations and um now she has them to to live up to there and, and with all this there's one thing like a docuseries that we're never gonna get but i'd love to get the docuseries of like for some reason everyone was recording every moment it was like you know being at wembley where there's a cctv everywhere and there's audio I'd love to see the relationship of Tony Khan with MJF, CM Punk, Cody, and Jade Cargill, right? Like three of yeah. those have had, you know, different negative results, right? Like Punk is the worst negative result. Cody and Tony seem like frenemies more than anything. And I think Jade and Tony, I, I'm not sure what happened there. And then obviously MJF, Tony was a really bad situation, but they, you know, figured it out. I just like would love to see the interaction of Tony with all four of those people and how all those relationships went a different way and what that pivot point was. Um, you know, we're never going to get that. Probably read books down the line of a third party seeing those interactions, but it is interesting. Like, I would just love to know the story, like almost more than any other one I listed there of Jade and Tony. And like, did someone just convince her like WWE is the way to go? And they found that out a long time ago and then just buried her on TV, hoping it would not help her. Or was it literally like he just didn't have interest in her? You know, I think it's the former rather than the latter, but yeah, just interesting to see how things like that happen. So it is, it is. And I, yeah, I think that's, it's the former too. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, that book's going to be fascinating. Uh, just this time in wrestling from a lot of different people, it's going to be fascinating. The Cody book, Tony Khan book someday. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it, it will be. And, and I don't know, like you listen, I was, I was listening to the Eric Bischoff podcast today. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't even usually listen to that show, but I was listening to it today for some reason. Oh, I wanted to hear what he was saying about just the, the business, the merger, and all that stuff. So I was listening to that mm-hmm. show, and um, you know, he's on there, and the, and and Conrad's reading him quotes about this. This guy said this, and this person said this, and he's like, "That's BS," and "That's not true." It's like, like I just, I can't imagine what it will be like in twenty years when we read this generation's like books because. I don't know. I, I, it's just as political, you know, and you probably don't hear about it in the same Mm -hmm. way, but it's, you know, it's there. And, and, and the, and the four people that you mentioned, like just, and you could probably think of 10 more, like, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's going to be real interesting, real interesting. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, well, let's pivot from, from Jade Cargill. Obviously, we'll, we will keep you posted and we'll talk all things Jade as she makes her debut. Um, I don't have NXT on right now on, on, the, on the, the fourth screen, <laughs> so maybe she's already mm-hmm. debuted. But we'll certainly keep you posted on all that here on the show. And we've got you covered uh, on the news perspective. And there should be some fun um, editorials coming up uh, on scscoops.com uh, throughout, throughout this week. So keep it locked there. Um, as always, Sean, I saw your, um, your super chat. So we'll make sure to get to that in a minute, man. I appreciate it. Uh, before we get to AW and Russell dream and just kind of dive into that world, Tyler 
we haven't had a chance to talk about uh, the uh, the television deal news that, mm-hmm. that came at the end of last week. SmackDown um, leaving Fox um, and heading back, I guess, over to NBC Universal. Um, Going to air on the USA Network. One point four billion dollars for five years, so or thereabouts. So about two hundred and eighty. million per year. It's a 40% increase on the overall deal from from Fox. So I I ask you a simple question, my friend. Is this a good deal for WWE or is is this disappointing given expectations, given that they were, you know, not picked up by their, by the, the person who had rights to do so? Where are you at on this as far as just the quality of the deal compared to what you thought it would be? Yeah, I think it's a good deal for WWE. I also think it's a good deal for Fox to drop them. I think they've been hemorrhaging cash on that deal for a long time. So, right, both are publicly traded companies. So you have to frame everything in that capacity, right? Tony making a deal with somebody is literally helping Tony Khan because he has 100% ownership of the company that he reconfirmed today. But TKO is an enterprise getting a huge deal as soon as they merge. I mean, what's it like 10 days later, they've got a, a rights deal. Yeah. That is pretty good. I mean, you think for five years and that, you know, it's, I'm, I don't want to do the math real quick, but a per episode of SmackDown, that's a pretty good deal if you're WWE. And it's also a good deal for USA uh, universal. Cause that basically buoys that network to exist um, for the next five years. Cause you know, if raw goes somewhere else and NXT goes somewhere else, like, what is USA doing? They're doing reruns and Law and Order SVU basically is, is bolstering that company, which you can probably watch for free on, you know, any sort of free <laughs> streaming platform, whatever yeah, that's called, yeah. the free service where you watch ads for Tide Pods. But, um, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I was watching some of that this 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 past oh, week in, no. in the UK, so that's why I said that. But um, so yeah, I think it's a good deal. You got your forty five percent increase, and you still have raw and nxt to sell you also get that little liner where you get to have four battle of the belt type events i'm presuming on nbc throughout the years you still get a broadcast footprint to to bolster um you know it's more so what happens after this i mean i know we said this the last time a deal was made that was probably gonna be the last thing on broadcast cable as a, as a unification thing but you know i'm more curious to see what where raw and nxt end up and i think that's more of a sign for the future and it feels like a company who um might be that you know dabbling their toes and be like hey let's get the confirmed good price because these streaming platforms as we talked a lot about college football and the rights of like the pac-12 deal that fell through and that destroyed that conference was from apple and that was a tiered streaming uh system just like the mls where if you had x you know your baseline was x number of dollars and if you got subscribers that signed up just for that then you increased in different tiers and i think wwe might try something like that with another product and you have something like smackdown that you can have is like hey we're going to make this amount for the next five years we can balance our books and we can try something a little bit more adventurous on this front because they did both last time together and i think they feel like they have more leverage in the marketplace based on where they are so I think it shows strength and SmackDown is ultimately still the second show. Um, 
within WWE and you're making this much money from it. it doesn't matter if it was on Friday and who's on it. You can always flip people around and put Roman on on Raw and make that the number one show and whoever you're trying to sell that to. So I think that's one of the beautiful aspects of WWE and how their business is set up that you can convince some suit that doesn't know anything about wrestling why you can make something else more valuable even though it hasn't yeah. been valuable. Uh, you know, you can make your second tier your first tier and vice versa because no one really understands it but you and then the wrestling fans. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that, I mean, you're so right about that. Like, I mean, and, and also you can always, like, just to pivot, I mean, you could always, look, if for some reason, for some reason you have SmackDown or Raw and it's struggling for whatever reason. Like, hey, we don't know why, you know? you. I mean, Triple H has so many, like, bullets in the gun, so to speak, that he can fire to try to correct that. I mean, okay, he can move Roman over to Raw for a night. He can move Cody to SmackDown for a night. He can do X match that's going to pop a rating if he needs to. If it's really bad, I mean, you can call Steve Austin to come on in as long as you're willing to cut the big check. I mean, like, there's just mm-hmm. so many things you can do to kind of to, to, to buoy that. And um, I think that's an interesting part. As far as the deal goes, like, yeah, I think it's a really – it's like a fascinating – kind of landing spot for SmackDown because mm-hmm. on one hand you're thinking to yourself 40%, 45% increase, 40% increase. Like who's not going to take that? You know, I mean, everybody is going to take that. Like you're, you want that. That's a good, that's a good sign. And, and why shouldn't they get it? They're number one, they're this, they're that, like, but at the same time, you know, <clears throat> Fox deemed them. Okay. Yes, you were number one all those weeks. And yes, you're up year over year in your viewership, which nobody in, in you know, terrestrial television is up, you know, universe, uh, year over year in viewership. And they were. But still, even after that, it still was deemed a product that, hey, look, we can't make money on on that investment at that at that price point. And it makes you wonder if like this is the moment where you know, the, the, the licensing streaming or like the, the television licensing rights bubble starts to have some holes in it. You know, it's not burst, but the holes are there and you have these big companies that have all the money that are saying, Hey, we want this investment. And yes, we'd like to be number one, but if we can't monetize that number one slot, because the viewership isn't where we need it to be, even in a situation where it ranks number one in an, in an evening that changes, that changes the whole game. And it doesn't change the game for just for, for WWE, but if you're AEW and you're seeing that deal, you're going, Oh man, like crap. Like we, we don't want that. Like we, we want the big boys like Fox to pony up for this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and so to see them not do that, is 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 almost more fascinating than NBCU saying here's 40% increase because i just think you know it means that the numbers somewhere on the back end don't don't add up because a lot of the numbers went WWE's way you know for the last 5 years um and you know in this instance they you know they didn't get the renewal they still got an increase but you know you got to wonder like you know without these TV deals man like if that well starts drying up 
like you really have to pivot quick. And so that's why I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised to see raw go to like a streamer just to start that, um, just to like develop that practice from a company perspective, like that we do business in this space, just like the NFL, like they don't mm-hmm. need to have, you know, I mean, they get paid big money to be on Amazon, but they would get big money a lot of places, but I think they wanted to be a, on a, on a streamer for, for a lot of different reasons. And, and WWE might be in that point too, where it's like, okay, you know, you know, in case this television stuff bursts, you know, before the next negotiation, you know, we need to be solidified in a different, in a bit of a different marketplace. And so, yeah, let's take our chances with an Apple TV or let's take our chances with an Amazon or something like that. Um, just to, not have all the eggs um, in one basket. It's going to be a really interesting story to follow concerning um, Monday Night Raw. For sure. And also you got to, you know, now that TKO is a real thing, uh, you have to think, you know, what wink, wink, handshake, backroom deals are made. Because I would be shocked if UFC is with ESPN when that deal expires because they kind of got hosed a little bit. UFC did in that deal. ESPN's made a ton of money on on that contract. So, if you're an Amazon and Apple, even an NBC Universal, right, and you want Peacock mm-hmm. to have UFC and WWE, right, now is the time to ingratiate yourself if you're an executive trying to land the UFC contract to um, maybe pay up a little bit with with WWE too. I think that that is something that could be on the table. And you have to remember too the relationship. Like UFC was with Fox, and then they left Fox and went to. Um, ESPN. So there might be some bad blood with Fox executives that may still be there. Um, that Dana White doesn't have bad blood with anybody. He doesn't. Yeah. Have, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we're dealing now with that entity, just like, you know, just like real life. Don't, don't underestimate the pettiness of human beings. We're all, we're not yeah. that different from each other. So there's, there's billion dollar deals that can fall because, you know, you were mean to someone on the, on the golf tee, right? That's, that's how a lot of business deals still get done, which is crazy. So, um, very interesting. That's times. why, uh, that's why you were really off the show last, last couple of weeks. You were, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm negotiating. Oh, I was negotiating the, the raw contract with, with somebody. Raw. So I yeah. did the, I did, I did the napkin math on that deal. And that's about, it's a $5.4 million per, per episode of SmackDown that TKO gets, um, when that deal kicks in. So, you know, plus the gate, that ain't too bad. I know it's a lot to haul the trucks and pay wrestlers and all that stuff and buy LED lights, but I still think that's a pretty good profit margin for two hours of content. And also the greatest thing I think may happen here, why I'm cheering for Raw to go to a streamer, is that it's got to be two hours. Come on. There's no way that a Prime wants it for three hours, right? Or Or Apple TV, so... Um, even if we have to pay a special stupid tier for Apple TV to get it, at least there won't at least there won't be three hours. I think that could be like the renaissance of Raw as a major uh, product once again. Yeah, either that or NBCU is going to make it a three-hour SmackDown now. In addition to you know, yeah, I mean hour. that that might be the trade-off. But three-hour Raw. Yeah. Uh, let's hope not, man. Let's hope not because SmackDown mm-hmm. is such an easy watch compared to Raw. Uh, just. just mm-hmm. It's just so smooth, like AW Dynamite too. It's way smoother because it's shorter. Um, yeah. But hey, we can do that to blue in the face, but they're not going back. And I think it's going to be on Thursday, right? There's like no chance they're going to keep it on Friday. It's such a bad night for for TV if you're USA. I would imagine. I mean, I would imagine yeah. that they that they would move it off Friday. I 
yeah, I almost can't see a scenario in which you keep it on on Friday. Like, I, I just don't know why yeah. why you would. I mean, for Fox, it made sense because you've got other you know you got other things going on. And uh, but yeah, I, I I would think that 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 definitely moves for sure. Um, I don't know that it's not reported, but that'd be my that would be my that'd be yeah. my guess anyway. Um, yeah. Well, more to come on that. You know, we'll be following the news. Raw is up now. I mean. Depending on who you who you're reading or what sources you're looking at, um, the Hollywood Reporter says that there's lots of suitors, but that Raw is likely going to leave um, NBC Universal portfolio. Uh, I believe it was the Wall Street Journal said the opposite that hey, you know, MBCU still very much wants to keep the rights to Raw. So depending on whose side you believe and who's leaking what, uh, <laughs> you can form your own opinions. But yeah, we'll, we'll yep. it's going to be a really fun story to watch. Um, and then AEW is coming up right behind it. And that is going to be really interesting. Um, that will be really interesting to see um, Tony Khan navigate uh, as well. All right. Speaking of AEW, we will finish up talking a little bit of that company and we will talk about Wrestle Dream. We've got some um, super chats here that I want to definitely get to from Sean, from Tracy, uh, from Zach. Um, and we are going to get to all of them. We'll start our conversation about AEW just with, with Sean's uh, question here. And Sean, thank you. He says, what do you guys think about Eddie Kingston winning the Ring of Honor world title <clears throat> and the Young Bucks and Hangman Page winning the six-man ROH titles. It hurts them way more than it helps those titles. Yes. I I don't have as much of a problem, Sean, with Eddie Kingston winning the ROH world title than I do the Young Bucks and Page winning the six-man titles. If And the reason for that is this. If you're Tony Khan and you want to try to make, like, if you're going to put effort or like any amount of time, any amount of resources from a talent perspective into making ROH something that people will actually pay for, you have to, you have to feed it something. You have to feed it some kind of talent to do that. And Eddie Kingston is about the perfect guy for that particular spot in my opinion he's not going to be a guy that carries aw you know he's just not going to be that guy or he just not that he can't be but it just doesn't seem like that's in the cards at this point but he is very over with the audience and he's got a fan base that wants to see him and that is invested in his run you know in the wrestling business and so to me like him taking that ROH world title title spot and like the banner and waving the flag of that company like that makes sense to me i i can understand why tony Khan would do that and go all right we gotta put the company on the shoulders of somebody and we want that person to have some kind of momentum and if you pull them off dynamite it's not great but you know i don't think you're losing a ton either like to me this is a good fit provided you don't see a eddie kingston on AEW tv like like it has to be like a a split. Like if you want to see Eddie Kingston, you watch Ring of Honor, period. Like you have to maintain integrity with that. I don't trust Tony Khan to, to do that. So <laughs> I think it's a good, a good, he's a good guy to kind of have that belt, but it's all a matter of how he's presented and how he's booked. The Young Bucks and Page, man, that is a, that is the, that is the question. I hope, I hope that Tony Khan is like, 
man, we've got a really good deal on the horizon for Ring of Honor, and we gotta we gotta give it some juice here to um, to give it some momentum so that you know we can close this thing and get this on something better than you know ROH Honor Club or whatever the hell it is. Like that's the only reason that I can think of to put the Young Bucks and Page on Ring of Honor with those with those titles. I mean, those things are beyond meaningless at this point. Um, and it's, it is a step down for them. It is, it is a situation where like, man, you're in this big national company. And in a lot of ways, you're exactly in the same place that you were in 2016. Like you've got the ring of honor trios titles, like good for you. Like, great. Yeah. I hate the move. I hope it has business implications elsewhere that we can't see. That's the only reason why I would even, even think of maybe going down this path Tyler but I other than that I think it's a really bad move unless again there's there's a business reason for it which we don't see right now but uh what what's your what's your take am I being too hard on this I mean I really don't like that move at all well I agree with you on the dynamics of Eddie feels like the right guy to to be on top of that company and get a world title like that whole story being told obviously he just resigned too i think he said he got a four-year deal four years yep so that that feels like a uh hey thanks for resigning thing from like a meta perspective that he gets to you know end this weird feud that they never talked about between him and uh um cesar cesar oh my gosh uh claudio oh Um, and i know i know he's the dead name um so i think there's three potential reasons on all this happening right i'll start pop most positive to most negative right i think the most positive view of this all happening right to kind of rebolster the roh lineup because it's lineup of champions have never been ideal right there's been like one really good champion at any given time usually in the tag the tag team division um and right now you know if you look at it you got eddie kingston you got mjf and cole you got the bucks and um and Eddie and Eddie and uh Paige in the women's champion is still Athena. Yep. Question mark. Okay. So yeah, that's a pretty solid lineup for a company. And if all the scuttlebutt and we really don't have any information, and Tony Khan denied it today, but kind of softly about the New Japan thing. Um, you know, the rumor of him buying them potentially. It feels like the most likely scenario of it being a positive thing is you're trying to bolster that brand to kind of do some umbrella of wrestling to, to be on a service of, Hey, here's new Japan slash ring of honors, your American version of that company. Cause all those guys are very new Japan in their context. And um, so that would be the most positive thing. If, if we know that the, if Tony Khan knows this is on the horizon and you're trying to rebolster that to kind of rebrand everything, um, which obviously, you know, Tony Combine companies has worked splendidly in the past and integrated everything perfectly. So I'm not worried <laughs> about that at all as, as nah, a talking point. But um, so that's the most ideal thing. The second thing, which is more where I lean, is that, you know, we have Wrestle Dream October 1st, November, we have full gear, December, we have Final Battle. I don't know if that's got a date yet. I think I'm correct on that timeline, though. I think December, yes. like, 13th I, no, well, it doesn't like have in date. that range. It doesn't have a date. Yeah, it's sometime. Yet. It's that mid, it'll be that mid, you know, Saturday, Sunday in December. So if I'm Tony Khan and I'm trying to sell that many pay-per-views and I have Eddie Kingston, I have the Bucks and I have, you know, MJF and Cole um, potentially all on the card for that 
uh, Ring of Honor show. I think that that's going to get a lot more people to buy them than the previous Ring of Honor shows. So I think that is kind of the the play here is that you're trying to bolster Ring of Honor to make it its own pay-per-views noteworthy and build up that talent. And that talent's also going to be on TV. And then that gets my third and most negative point is this could also just be, hey, CM Punk's gone and I need to realign what I'm doing on Collision and I'll make Eddie a champion and I'll make the Bucks. You know, everyone has a shiny object walking around with them on Collision and that makes everyone important. It's going to be awesome. It's going to get great ratings. So, you know, I tend to be in the middle of those three scenarios. I think it's more just to sell that pay-per-view in December and he's trying to plan it out. Um, to make sure he's got good talent on that show and make it feel like you have to buy it like every AW pay-per-view before that and not a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. But it could just be like him scrambling and not really knowing what to do or book talent. So that's always on the possibility as well. So that's kind of my take on this whole thing. That's a good take. I mean, I I just, if, if that's the show, if that's Final Battle, like it's like, that's a that's an AW pay-per-view. I mean, that there's no... Mm-hmm. There's no difference in, in that and and Ring of Honor. Like you call them two other names, but like it's all the same damn thing. And like I yeah. just I, I think that yeah, I mean, I could say this on blue in the face, but like you gotta if you want Ring of Honor to be something, you gotta make it something that you can't see elsewhere, like that you can't see on AEW. And I let's get to um Zach's point here. And I think he kind of Zach, you're echoing kind of what I was what I was getting at and, and with more specific examples. So thank you for the contribution. If ROH becomes part of Max, then having Eddie and the Hung Bucks raise the profile of ROH could attract some eyeballs. Yes, it could. And I think if that, if it turns out that that's the case and like, that's what they're going to do and, and final battle is going to air on Max. Okay. Then I think, I think then that's a reasonable thing to do. I still don't think that you're all like, it's not that different of a product, you know, than AEW, but you know, A for effort. Like, it, it makes sense to, like, go, all right, well, we're on Max, and we want people to see this thing. We want to make good with our new partner. Like, we got to load this thing up. Okay, I can get behind that. Um, but because we don't know that for a fact yet, I'm still giving it a big, you know, Batista thumbs down because it just <laughs> doesn't uh, – yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But, yeah, Zach, I think, I think you're right. If this comes to fruition, I definitely – well, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I will side with Tony Khan on that because I get why you'd want to, why you'd want to do that. Um, yeah, I think it was. It's always been there to me. If that's the case, and I'm, I apologize for spending so much time on this, but um, it just seems it seems like you would have to add something if you're Warner Brothers, right? To pull the trigger finally, like you could have Ring of Honor on Max. It's, it seems like you almost have to combine have New Japan that is its own entity. But like New Japan and Ring of Honor stuff is all on Max, and that's kind of its own universe. And then that makes more sense for Eddie, for the for the Hung Bucks, all that sort of stuff that they're interacting with the New Japan roster, yes, and all the New Japan strong guys, all that sort of stuff. So I think that's you know Zach, you know I guess let us know if you think it's just Ring of Honor, but I'm definitely under the understanding that if it is on streaming, it's going to be some combination with New Japan. Well, that brings us to Tracy's question. And I think this is uh, – I am not high on the Wrestle Dream card. For, I mean, I'm going to watch the show on Sunday, of course, and it's going to be a good wrestling show. Mm-hmm. 
from a wrestling perspective. So I like, I mean, it's going to be fine once it happens, but I'm not high on like just the construction of the card, what they did, what it means, uh, the, the cadence of it within the AW calendar, all that jazz. So with that being said, um, Tony Khan, or let's get to Tracy's question. And Tracy, thank you very much for the contribution and for supporting the show and supporting us and, uh, and, and being here live. Thank you. Um, Tracy says here, Tony talked about a new era beginning with WrestleDream. What do we think that will be? Tyler, I'm going to throw it to you first because my guess is that part of this New Japan world talk uh, is going to be a part of your answer. So what do you think? What What is he talking about there? Well, I'll probably disappoint you. I've, oh. I, you know. I've talked a lot of Tony Khan. I'd like to think I'm a little bit of a Tony Khanologist at this point. Um, and anytime there's been a, I know he didn't frame this as a big announcement, but saying that this begins a new era, um, that to me is Tony Khan just holding back from saying we got a huge announcement at Wrestle Dream or on the next episode of Dynamite, whatever. And those are usually not, have not lived up to the hype. So um, I don't think it's, you know, I think that the obvious where your mind goes, what we just were talking about of he's purchased New Japan and it's some amalgamation with Ring of Honor. It's going to be on Max, all that sort of stuff. Right. That seems like the best case scenario for what you're talking about with a new era. It feels like a true new era. It feels like you can kind of put the Ring of Honor weirdness behind and make AEW and then that roster its own thing. And you basically have two companies that can interact when needed at certain pay-per-views. But. To me, it just feels like Tony Khan on a press call trying to hype the show and making a reason of why you have to watch it because it's going to be a new era and that doesn't really mean anything to me. So that's where I am. I'm curious where you are on that. But, you know, I'm, I could definitely be wrong. But Tony, to me, typically does not deliver on platitudes like this. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> but he's got me again. Like I'm in the web. I'm in the Tony Khan web again. Like yeah. I, I definitely should not be, uh, but alas, here I am. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess you know, I'm just gonna be the 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 fool holding the bag on Sunday night. But I, I think that it's that it is gonna be something along the lines of what you just brought up. Like I, I. Mm. I just, I mean, just because I can't fathom like you saying that if you don't have some way to de to deliver something. So my my thought in just in terms of just answering Tracy's question sh straight up is I think that there's going to be like some kind of realignment with like with the with the, the 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 two companies in some in some clear definitive way, and I think that like there will be a new Japan element. Um, like an official New Japan element into this. Not, I don't know that he's going to buy New Japan. I, that seems just like, you know, way too, way too crazy and and almost just impossible for him to run the, that company that way. Yeah. Um. So, but I do think that you can, you know, like have the New Japan ROH be a thing. There's your reason. There's a reason there to watch Ring of Honor. Like you know, and and. And it's a new era. So you've got your champions ironed out. You've got this relationship with New Japan. You've got a streaming deal or some type of, you know, distribution platform 
um, that Ring of Honor is going to be on on a regular basis. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, Tracy, like that comes along with like a specific tone and tenor and like art of the show. Like that to me, that's what ROH is missing more than anything is just it feels the exact same way as AEW. It feels the exact same way. And I think that when I hear kind of new era, like I hope that, you know, obviously it means aligning the rosters and it means a streaming deal and it means a new show and it means all that. <clears throat> I hope it also means that it's going to get a new look and a new coat of paint as far as just like the look and feel of the show. So I hearing Tyler make the argument of this is nothing. This is just Tony Khan being Tony Khan. <laughs> that is kind of like, it's, it's very easy for me to get convinced by that because that is, I think the proper, proper analysis. If, you know, if you're really looking at Tony Khan's history, I think that's smart, smart stuff as usual from, from Tyler, but uh, you know, I'm buying, I'm buying. And I'm going to say that, that there is something tangible coming out of that. And I think, I think it's a more defined ROH product. And that's kind of like a lame thing to call a new era anyway. <laughs> but I think mm -hmm. that that's, that's what it will, uh, that's what it'll end up being Tracy. Thank you so much. Tracy, what do you think? Drop in the comments. I, I'd love to hear what you, what you think the, uh, the, the, the new era will mean in terms of, you know, wrestle dream being the start of, of something. Let us know. And I'm, if, if anyone, like I did some quick, I was listening to you the whole time, Zach, don't worry, but I was also doing some oh, quick yeah, yeah, yeah. Re research. Um, do, like if it, please correct me, anyone on the chat, or if you're listening on the podcast, you know, at ring of Tyler to correct me, but it looks like Bushi road, who was the owner of new Japan bought that a hundred percent of the shares from what Ukes. I think is what it is. It's, it was like a card company, card trading, trading card company. Yeah, but that rights. was a while ago, though. Yeah, that was like 2012, and then yeah. like then they bought the rest of them. But it was 6.5 million U.S. dollars, 500 million yen, to buy at least the rest of it. So I don't know what that percentage is, but like if you look at any sort of like, I know it's a private company, so it's hard to find what their revenue is. But it's like it looks like it's under a million anywhere I can find of like profitable, like of profit in that company. Um, and it's it's under an umbrella, so it can be like WCW was, where you can put losses from other aspects of the company into that to to make everything else look good because no one's looking into the wrestling company. But if that's the case, like it might be cheaper than what Tony paid for Ring of Honor. Which seriously, uh, I mean, I don't know what's the reported out there. You know, you can join the 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 brass ring discord i have like the exact number from a pretty solid source so you can ask me there and i'll tell you guys there so that's a that's a cheap plug for brass ring media there you go hey if there's ever a reason go go over there now <laughs> well, well what's media. what's the what's the what's the source or well, what's like the the guess on what tony paid for the ring of honor stuff oh man dude um jeez i mean Because I think he like there was a big number and he scoffed at it, and then there was like a really small number. But I, I would yeah. think like I mean look I don't I I don't know but I would say let's say ten million. My like said, in the Discord, if you want to ask, uh, you know, we gotta <laughs> get the that, that's the only cheap plug for today. All like, right. I, I'm pretty strong in my source. Not to not to SRS you on this, but um, <laughs> I'll tell you offline. I'll tell you offline. Damn it, Tyler. But, you know, so so if you want to know in the Discord, I'll, I'll well, divulge. Not sourcing, but 
but it's like the value, like a big part of the value of Ring of Honor was like I think that library, and I mean, and and I think <laughs> like certainly, certainly, uh, you know, there's a New Japan library out there. You know, of course, it, you know, you can watch a lot of it on on New Japan World right now, but it's you know, I mean, it's uh, most of it's in Japanese, so it's like you can't. It's not something where you can just throw it on Max and like, boom, it's a done, it's a done, done deal. Like something that everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna want. Like, it, it, I mean, Ring of Honor is not gonna be that way either, but it's even less so with with New Japan. So like, you gotta wonder like what the value really is um, outside of there being really cool matchups, you know, <laughs> which is which is a yeah, it's a value prop, but it's not. I mean, I don't think it's worth. I don't think it's worth $6 million. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I don't have $6 million. So what do I know? Um, yeah. I want to get to Tracy here. Cause Tracy asked the question about what, what we thought. And she says, even though I have affinity for AW, I tend to agree with Tyler that it isn't some huge thing. The last thing Tony needs is more stuff to book. Yes, that is, that is true, Tracy. And yeah, you guys have convinced me. Look at, look at you guys. Look at you guys. Normally, you know, I, I, I'm the sucker that's getting pulled in by by old by old TK. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who would have thought? Um, okay, last last thing we got Wrestle Dream coming up this weekend. We got Fastlane mm-hmm. the week after that. Um, you know, a lot of I think hits and misses for both for both shows. I mean, they both feel like very uh, you know. B level, they're B level shows, you know, in WWE's case, it's a C level show. I'd I'd argue like in terms of like importance, there's some interesting stuff on there and same thing with, with, um, with Russell dream. I think in a lot of ways, there's some interesting stuff. There's also some stuff where it's just like, this is not a pay-per-view. Where are you at on the Russell dream card in terms of interest and in terms of, you know, just what matches you're looking forward to most, you know, going into the, the show on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, I think all out has helped me in the in this phase of I think the build is very similar where, you know, you've had time to build something with Wrestle Dream and it really hasn't been done, but there are good matches that are booked. They just don't have a great story. So, you know, like when I purchased all in and then literally seven days later purchased all out, I would probably not have done that if, if I wasn't doing this with you, if we didn't have our Patreon stuff to to you know, be that guide for people like Sean said, he's probably not going to buy, but he's going to listen to us, break it down. So I appreciate that, Sean. And I appreciate the endorsement there that you trust us to not just lie about what happened completely on the show. And that's basic you basing all your wrestling knowledge on that. So, um, but you know, uh, having purchased all out, I think I liked that show better start to finish than I liked all in all in was more momentous, felt like a big moment, et cetera. But the all out show was really well worked almost entirely top to bottom. And I think Russell dream fits in that boat, how it's looking so far. You still have another week, but um, so that's where I am where it's like, I'm not worried at all spending $50 on this. I know I'm going to have fun for three, four hours, maybe five and six, seven, uh, six, seven. <laughs> and uh, you know, same thing with fast lane. Like uh, what was the show payback? Not payback. What was the payback, show just yeah. before this? Yeah, payback. Yeah, I mean that show was awesome, and it's like felt like a B show, but it's it's different, and that's got like five matches. It's two and a half hours, and you know nothing major is happening on the show, but there's a lot of interesting things happening on the show. It feels like a souped up version of, 
you know, an episode of TV with lots of matches in, in its place. So I think that's how this feels. There's also, you know, Damian Priest is going to cash in on one of these sleepy pay-per-views. And it's going to be intriguing to watch live. So that's going to be exciting. See what happens there. It seems like him and Judgment Day are there. So, you know, like you said, they're both B shows. One you pay for, one you pay five ninety five or whatever Peacock is a month for. So they feel different in that capacity. But I know I'm going to get a lot of good wrestling on Sunday with AEW. I'm going to enjoy my time. You know, you know. Besides talking about it here with you and with everybody, like that's why I watch wrestling is to be entertained and have a good time. And you know, fifty bucks is steep. I'm hoping for there to be some consolidation so I don't have to pay $50 every month for AEW because that's going to get a breaking point. But I'm excited for both shows. I think they're kind of both fit perfectly. Like, I think without knowing anything about Full Gear, and that's a quote-unquote big show, I think Russell Dream, if I had to guess right now, will probably be a better show than than Full Gear. It seems like AEW can knock out these really no-build and have some cool matches as opposed to when you're building to some stuff that should feel important. It can kind of fall a little flat from an AEW perspective, right? I mean, there's very few bad AEW pay-per-views. I think it's, 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 you know, North star uh, as a company is that they have really good in-person paid wrestling shows. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my long winded answer. I'm excited for both. I love wrestling. It's a good answer, man. I, and I, yeah, I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree. Like I don't, I don't, I'm like, I am more always going to go with, you know, story over potential match quality oh always you know like <laughs> give me the rock versus hulk hogan over a lot of other kind of matches just because i like the the story and the stakes and it's just that is important to to my to my wrestling so when i look at a card like wrestle dream none of that is really there for as good as the matches are going to be on the night that they happen Zack Sabre Jr. versus Daniel uh, Brian Danielson. See, there I did it. I said the said the wrong name. That match is a huge match, but mm -hmm. I think you miss like so far. It's missing a lot of the reason why it's a huge match. Like part of the fun of a wrestling match to me is is the build. It's the back and forth. It's the promos. It's the two guys in the ring selling each other and for each other and and building that match up so that it gets to this like fever pitch when they get into the ring and like too often in AW that just doesn't happen. So I am so looking forward to that match on Sunday night, but I'm also disappointed in it at the same time because it doesn't check the boxes of like, of it being good wrestling because it's like, you know, anybody can go in there these days and have a good match. I say it all the time. IWTV fight TV, there are people having good wrestling matches every single night of the week. Then you can go see it easily on a lot of different platforms. And that's, that's, that's great. But when it's Danielson, when it's Danielson and when it's um, Zack Sabre Jr., man, I mean, these are two generational like Matt wrestling talents. And it's like, you haven't told a story there. Like I need that story. I to, for this to be like as big of a match as everybody says it is, it has to have the corresponding hype to it. Um, and none of the matches on Wrestle Dream have that. So I'm gonna have a blast on Sunday watching it. Um, but in the back of my mind, it is gonna be disappointing to not have some of those bolts tightened up. Um, for Fast Lane, it's you know, it's a B show. You know, I think I think that you know, um, all indications point to LA Knight having a 
you know, having a big night with John Cena on that show. Um, that will be really cool to see. Um, you know, Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura is obviously a tier two title defense, but it's last man standing. That's going to be, you know, a fun match. So I think it's going to be, an, you know, a fun show and we'll preview it more. We'll preview that show more next week. But, um, but I, uh, yeah, I agree. And Zach jumping back in here with the super chat, but Davidson, Zach Shaver Jr. match sells itself. It's the two best technical wrestlers in the world. Finally clashing. That's the selling point. That's the story. I mean, agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Like that's like saying, like, oh, it's Rock and Austin. That sells itself. Let's not do anything for six weeks and just throw them in the ring at WrestleMania. Like, you wouldn't do that. Those are that's the top two stars of all time, arguably, colliding head on. That doesn't mean you just skip the story. It means you lean into what they do well, which is promo and sell the match and tell, you know, tell stories. Like you can't. You can't sacrifice that just because it's a big it's a big match in, in in my opinion. Tyler, break the tie on this. Where where are you? Yeah, I mean it certainly helps to frame things before you just spit it out there. I, I don't think uh, you know I like Zack Saber Jr. He's growing on me as a talent. I don't know if him cutting a promo is like what you want to do to sell a match, but if you can get you know a story where whatever it's some competition that Zach is laying out here, Zach Barber that is of you know, this is for the lineal best technical wrestler in the world title, you know, don't make it a real title for God's sakes, but frame <laughs> it in that way and be like, Hey, like maybe they will have round two at forbidden door next year. Or if this is a company, if that combines forces, then, you know, you can have a, a, a three tier match, you know, a best of three series to determine who that is, but like frame it in some way in that capacity um, and I don't think you have to do a lot of lifting because I don't think it is rock Austin. I know you're not saying it is either, but yeah, right. you know, I'm not, right. just some, just some like, Hey, besides just rolling the ball out there, you know, a lot of AEW is a, you know, Alabama taking on Louisiana Monroe and all they have to do is roll their helmets out there and they're going to win by 40. Right. That's how AEW and Tony Khan book. A lot of these dream matches is like, Oh yeah, of course you're down. And obviously, like you, myself, you, Zach, and then Zach in the chat, that works for us. Like, we're excited to see that on paper. But, like, just to build the brand beyond that, you need to, you know, Jade Cargill announcement some of these things and put some effort into promoting it and why it's important for me, who has no idea who Zach Saber Jr. is. And to me, he looks like this is me, you know, hypothetically, I see him. He's just like a skinny, pale white guy. Like, why would I care what he does against Brian Danielson? You know, obviously yeah. I care, but you have to tell me why it's, or just treat it like a UFC thing, right? You, how many UFC fights have you watched or you have no idea who this person is and they do a 30 second thing of like, oh, he wrestles bears in Siberia. <laughs> and, you know, he's, his, his dad was training him since he was six years old and he, you know, whatever. Right. And you're like, oh, this guy's crazy. I'm excited to see this. Just even a little thing like yeah. that would help. So yeah, I'm not exactly. saying do the UFC stuff, but. <laughs> that, that, that cracked me up for some reason. Uh, the, uh, the uh, yeah, I mean, I certainly, yeah, and and I don't. When I mean promo, I don't, I don't. Not every match is going to be promoted and hyped and sold the mm -hmm. same way. It, you know, Rock Austin is different. This is different. But I mean, you still want to hear from Brian Danielson. Like, what, what, 
Why, why do you care about this match? Why do you need to win? Same thing with Zack Sabre Jr. Like same, same thing. It can be as simple as that. And um, that's, I just want to reframe. Like that's, that's what I mean. Like for, for Shinsuke, it was the pre-recorded, you know, produced video things that were like weird and made really no sense in the context of like a live pro wrestling show. But, you know, it worked to like, to just kind of tell his side of the, of the story and, and, and held his side of the, the build down. So that's more, that's more what I mean. So um, yeah, you guys are hilarious in the chat about the Prince Nana <laughs> dance. I, I, think I, I think we need to like get like a viral, a viral thing going here and over at Brass Ring Media, the uh, just <laughs> everybody doing the, the Prince Nana dancing you know is uh yeah like the sure. prince nana dance and then the dana garcia dance like side by side side by side yeah which one yeah I, unfortunately I, my guess is there's probably a tiktok somewhere out there that has 11 million mm-hmm. views and has made somebody oodles and oodles of dollars yeah or but, just uses a meme template no one even knows what the context of like who this guy right. is that's dancing yeah yes for sure correct correct oh someone i'm just too slow on the uptake Guys, thank you. We'll wrap it up there. I appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for the contributions to the show. Um, we're live here every Tuesday night, uh, 9 Eastern, 8 Central, having a blast, shooting the breeze, talking wrestling uh, with you guys. So make sure to join us. Put us on the second screen as you watch NXT or as you watch the NBA and the NHL or MLB playoffs. Like We'll be here. And we'll be here talking wrestling. Um, you can also find Tyler and I uh, over at Brass Ring Media. Um, search Brass Ring Media on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. It's our little baby. It's a month old. Um, we've got uh, content and analysis and fun projects going up for our members on a weekly basis. So it's $4 and you get access to specialty YouTube shows like this special analysis shows. Like I'm going to do this week on the, uh, on the artistry of professional wrestling. Tyler's got special audio shows that he does over at brass ring media. Also for four bucks, you get access to our, um, our discord community, which has been really fun. The discord world. It's, uh, it's like wrestling Twitter. That's not on Twitter, which is just wonderful. It's just wonderful. You see everybody's post. It's phenomenal. Um, so so join us there. And you can also catch us for free, too. If you just want to taste the Brass Ring Media and you want to dip your toe in and see what that environment's all about. Uh, end of the week, Thursday and or Friday, we will go live on the Brass Ring Media uh, YouTube channel. So subscribe there. And you can also subscribe to our free Brass Ring Media newsletter on Substack um, and get some free um, content there as well so uh thank you in advance for checking us out um tyler are you uh you had a heck of a trip you saw arsenal our team man mm-hmm. how the heck was that dude oh it was awesome i mean you know it's like going to i don't know it's like if you lived in boise and you were a bears fan you got to travel and go to soldier field for a big game for like a playoff game right um it, it was like that i mean they were in the champions league they played psv they won four nil it was awesome got to tour the stadium beforehand did you know um, you were going like, to that game no so i did the stadium tour and i misread the dates on i thought they played like tomorrow uh was that game so i was like oh i'm in town and they were they were played away they played in liverpool against everton um the on the weekend that i was in town 
And so I was there. I was like, well, I'm going to go tour the stadium because you can do that as a tourist. And um, I checked again because everyone's like, oh, it's a match day. So you can't go into all the places. I was like, what? And then I bought a ticket on StubHub and very affordable. I was very surprised. And then, uh, yeah, went that night and took the Piccadilly line from from Fulham. Hammersmith is where I was staying for any UK based people. Very lovely part of town. And then uh, took that all the way to the north end and, and watched a game and then it rained like crazy um so i was walking for about you know an hour outside just getting drenched and i was like man this is very british i'm i'm enjoying every second of this so oh man that's so cool man like i you know obviously yeah. i was watching the game on wednesday and i mean it's a champions league game too i mean that those don't happen mm-hmm. i mean it's not a shoo-in that those been, happen very often so yeah it's been six years since they had one so it was very very cool i was right above the opposing fans um, they were great, so you know, f- took the channel all the way from from Amsterdam, I think, or no, the Netherlands uh, is where that team's based. So, yeah, it was great, and a ton, ton of other stuff. No wrestling whatsoever, so I got caught up the last couple of days. So I appreciate you <laughs> bearing with me on that, but uh, yeah, it was awesome. If you've never gone or anyone on the chat, I highly suggest it. You know, everyone speaks English, so it's easy. You know, and. Uh, uh, there's like more Americans over there than you can imagine. So it was very weird. It was like being in a borough of New York almost the whole time. So, yeah, I found the same thing. I've been to, I've been to the UK, been to London, mm-hmm. but um, I did not go to a Premier League game, which was so, mm-hmm. oof, just so disappointing. Uh, but it's a reason to go back. It's a reason to go back. For sure. More of yeah, your I travels throughout the week, right? <laughs> At uh, Brass yeah. Ring Media. Uh, you got some pictures up there on the discord yep. so everybody go Part, write a little travel post for 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 anyone on that that's interested so yeah that's a good awesome. good space so cool awesome all right well thank you guys um uh scscoops.com is where you need to go this weekend and the rest of this week for your wrestling news we've got everybody covered off uh, of the jade cargill stuff uh fully up to date on that all news and angles of SmackDown. Um, the SmackDown deal is up there. We'll have full coverage of NXT No Mercy, uh, which is this weekend, and Wrestle Dream, which is this weekend. So a busy weekend, and we've got you all covered um, at scscoops.com. For Tyler Sage, I'm Zach Haydorn. We'll see you guys next week.